0: welcome to the world of stand-up
1: this is a great setup dude yeah this is fantastic like it yeah we're
0: gonna make you famous mike listen good famous we're gonna fuck up your marketing because you're gonna sweat so much you're gonna be skinny mike's big products or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah you kind of fucked yourself on that one you know Unless it's a different part of you that's the the big part.
1: Well, the thing is, is I was Big Mike before I was big, you know. That was something my nephew started calling me when he was a little kid, and it just stuck, and I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So
0: it could be referencing another part of you that's big, though, too,
1: right? No, absolutely not. It's not? not? Okay. I just want to
0: make sure that was clear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I wish, but uh, that's not – that's not the genetics have you seen the movie uh, the movie funny people with adam sandler and seth rogan yes
0: okay this moment right here reminded me of a scene in that movie because oh. if you recall in the movie i don't know why i start off a lot of my episodes describing movies i've done it for sausage party now i'm describing funny people i,
1: I adam I actually... sandler
0: is like a massively successful comedian right. super rich whatever right and uh, <clears throat> he hires Seth Rogen to basically r- help him write jokes right, yeah. and be his opener when he goes to yeah, do yeah. what he's doing. And uh, Seth Rogen's jokes are always about farting and being bad in bed and right. everything. And so Adam said, Sadler says to him in one thing: he's like, are you trying not to get laid, dude? Is your whole <laughs> is the whole point of your act to not get laid? <laughs> and just I just that. thought about that. I'm, I'm like, is it, is it another part there, Big Mike?
1: And you're like, nope, it's, absolutely it, not. I wish. Well, listen, I believe in... Uh, I believe in honesty and transparency, and I don't want to misrepresent myself in any way, shape, or form. Okay, um, you know, uh, and now that doesn't mean that uh, I don't know how to operate my equipment. Of course, you know, yeah. It's just, and, and, I'm and not in a lot of a ways, favorite.
0: when when it's when it's uh, a, a less than average working device, right? As far as why well, did I didn't say the, less than average? Size. I just said, I mean, we're average. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> where I was going with that was. Uh, it requires, um, you know, f- more finesse and yes. more detail. So it actually Absolutely. takes a higher skill level to that's a good
1: point. be average. Yeah, no, that's a good with, point. You got to be, cock, so. oh, oh, we're just going to come right out Well, I, I didn't
0: want there to be any questions <laughs> about this because we're talking about the male anatomy. Yeah, and, uh, that's true. And his moniker of uh, Big Mike. So.
2: It's,
1: well, yeah, the, um, <laughs> when I got named Big Mike, I actually asked the kid because I didn't think I was big. I said, "Why do you call me Big Mike?" He was like this five-year-old kid. He goes, "Cause you're big." He's like, "Well, <laughs> Father Roderick." <I> thought- <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, he's, he said, too soon. All right. No, he goes, he goes, because like when you walk in a room, it's big. You're big. He was always excited, you know. I go, oh, "Okay, well," I think he had some uh, parental issues. Maybe, maybe I filled a, a role there. I don't know. It's possible, you know. You do have a warm vibe. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for. By the way, thanks
0: for coming on the show, dude. Thanks for having me. This This is is amazing. Mike or Michael Roderick? Oh, Mike's
1: fine. Mike Roderick, owner and operator of Big Mike's Car Care Products. Big Mike's Kick Ass Detailing Products. Car Care Products. Yeah, I said they're on. No, it's fine. No, I I forgot the coolest part of the name, which is the Kick Ass part. Yeah, that was when uh, it was actually my my uh, artist who does all my all my design on my labels and stuff that came up with that and. Because I said something, I used to, one of the things I always tell people is, "Hey, keep kicking ass." Right? And she goes, "You should put kick-ass detailing products." For and, the record, man, you've never told me that, but I've never you, told you to keep kicking. You ass? Never told me personally to keep kicking maybe. Ass. Maybe it's because there's nothing like you just do it. Like That's I don't fair. have to remind Continue you. Your story, though, I just want to make sure that was clear. But, since okay, you always. I'm going to make that. sure to to rearrange that. So, <laughs> but uh, but I remember like we were talking about it, and there was a person that said, "I don't know if you put that on there. You know, that might that might offend or alienate some people." And I just thought, well, then we're for sure doing it. Yeah.
2: Like, that love was it. the
1: stamp of approval for it. Well, me. that guy probably has never bought car care products either. For sure, he has never bought car care products and kind of overthinks the marketing process a little bit. And, and I Maybe just went, you should
0: start a subline for that guy and, and call it, like, Beta Bills. <laughs>
1: like, less than impressive yeah, car beta care. Beta Bills,
0: less than impressive. Small mics, not-so-shiny <laughs> wax. No, we don't want to say small Mike because <laughs> – we, we want them to own it. Like, this guy's a beta. Like, he's just <laughs> Beta Bill. Like, I'm buying Beta Bill's products because, I don't yeah. know, they kind of Be- work, I guess. Beta
1: Bill's not so shiny. We don't really want to make a big deal out of it. I'm yeah. not trying to show off. That's the guy.
0: Yeah. Beta Bill's, my car care products are eh. If you – do they work
1: great? yeah. <laughs> They're so-so. This is for your cars. This is for, like, a 98 Accord. You yeah. know, nothing special. This is for that
0: Corolla that's me, rolling at the college. Gets me
1: from A to B. That's that's that guy.
0: It, it needed the you
1: wax know? two years ago. Still hasn't right. got one. But maybe we'll think about right. it now that beta bills are on the market. We, I was at my dad's last night, and we were talking about my dad likes uh, – and it was funny that you made the Camaro joke today because my dad's like, ah, I love those new Camaros because he was all disappointed <laughs> Camaros, when I told Camaros? You mean Corvettes? No, he, Camaros because okay. you made the – yeah, you made the joke about it. But I said – he goes, he, I, I told my dad that in 2024, the Camaro's going away. He was all disappointed. Like, oh man, I probably won't have one by then. And, and he goes, well, well, they don't disappear. <laughs> so I said, like, you can get a used. And I go, and he, and I go, he goes, well, there's no, you know, it's okay. There's no really utility with that. Anyway, I go, yeah, people don't buy those, cause you can fit groceries in the back. Yeah. That's not why they're dude. Did you <laughs> see the new trailer hitch option they have on the Camaro? It's amazing. <laughs> you know, and it'll tow up to a five I'm, foot. <laughs> I'm going to get one for the lawn care business. It's going to have my, my mowers behind it. Dude, and there is a guy in Vegas. I'm not shitting you. He runs a pretty successful mobile detailing business out of a Mustang. Really? Like a late model Mustang. And I, I've i talked to him. He buys some of my stuff. I go, why don't, why don't you just get a truck? He's like, this is, it's a yellow Mustang. It's very flashy. I'm like, okay, well. That's dope. Literally took out the back seats, put a, I mean, it's had a water tank back there. I'm like, okay, I think you've not helped the resale value, but maybe that's somebody's he's worried about, so. Well, it's a marketing piece of that point. Because, yeah. me. I mean, we're talking about it here. On, I've never met this guy. I'm like, See, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> and I'm also wondering, so can you get a trailer hitch on it? Can you go to U-Haul and have him put, like, a tow package? Bro, or you the can back put in a trailer Camaro? hitch.
1: If you got, you can find some dude with a welder, you can get a trailer hitch on anything. Okay. Have you ever seen people towing, like, like I had a lady. I don't I, live in West Valley, dude. Uh, true. That's true. But uh, That was a Salt Lake joke, friends. <laughs> So for my Vegas friends listening, that would be uh that would be like Hendertucky, we okay. call it. Like that's old Henderson, so West Valley. So yeah, they'll okay. get that joke. Um Hendertucky. Hendertucky, they call it. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's it's quite the place. They have a their high school out there is literally called Basic High School. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even trying to name yeah, it, like, dude. And and listen, I know I'm gonna have friends that listen to this who have attended basic high school, and offense is meant. I'm please take offense to this. So how (laughs) shitty is that? If you were the valedictorian of basic high
0: school? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Do they have like mediocre college that they go to
1: after being in basic Uh, high school? The the crazy thing is, is like sports wise, like their baseball team, they're, they're legit, but, but the, you know, it's basic high school and now it's basic. I think it's like basic Academy of the arts or something like they've They've tried to rebrand it, but I it's like the, you have basic in it. it I think that name is more <laughs> offensive than if it was like Redskins High School, or right? Something. Like that's right, yeah, Jeez. yeah, that Talk is about underachieving, yeah. And uh, but I mean, that's one of those if you do like go out to a baseball game, like my kids go to Green Valley High School, and so when they play, that's a kind of a rivalry, right? When you go out there, like th- those parents will fight, like they'll fight oh, over sure, they will do, they'll fight over you chirping at it. I mean, it's not just friendly. Chirping out there, so you know, you got to be careful, but so we have that here. And so they're like, the really, they're just that's so basic, yeah. It's so ba- you guys are so basic, so basic. I'm gonna get some flack for this for What's sure. What's next? Extra high school, <laughs> <laughs> that's Andre Agassiz Academy. We oh, have that too, okay. Are you serious? You have <laughs> Andre Agassiz Academy, okay. yeah.
0: I didn't, is he from Vegas? I didn't know that. I
1: think he is from Vegas, um, and then uh, yeah, and then, and then that one was for like it's kind of like for the underprivileged kids, okay. um, but they. I, in all fairness to that, they do a good job. He, he puts out a good product. I, you know, the kids turn out to be pretty good people. So, okay. Yeah. That's anyway. good. So, uh,
0: big Mike's kick-ass detailing correct products. I said it accurately. <laughs> 100%. Okay.
1: Why that? Dude? <clears throat> Why'd you get into that? So I had, I started detailing cars professionally, uh, here I grew up here in Salt Lake. Um, when I say professionally, like where I was getting paid for it when I was like 15, um, there's a guy I went to school with who w- we're just – we're chatting. We weren't even friends. Like we were we knew each other, and he tells me how he's got this idea, and he needs a pressure washer. And my family owned a bi- still owns a business here in town selling that kind of stuff, selling car and truck wash equipment and stuff. And, um, and a pressure washer is pretty basic in that world, but they sold them, and I was like, hey, dude, let's hook up here. So <clears> – <throat> He had a truck. I got the pressure washer and we went out and we would go. We would roll up to office buildings and throw on our nice polos. We were, you know, nice white suburban kids and go in and get the keys to Mercedes and Porsches and stuff like that. And for us, honestly, like if they would have said do it for free, we'd be like, no problem because we were driving these bitching cars, right? Right. But that, like, the first thing for me was I liked being around the cars. I liked, yeah, cars were cool to me. Um, but what I also liked, and this will sound all dorky, but I liked the fact that you could take something that looked like shit and make it look really good. And people would come out, like it was this big dopamine rush for me for somebody to come out and be like, Whoa, my car looks fantastic. Maybe I wasn't yeah. getting that at home, so I got it from some random person at a title company who paid me to wash their Mercedes, you know? Right. Um, and uh, And then the other thing was, the fact that I had friends that worked at places like Skipper's Fish and Chips and shit making four bucks an hour and I'm making 40 bucks an hour and I'm 15, 16 years old. And so I just kept doing it, kept doing it and, uh, kept like, you know, I'd get better at it. And then we got another rig and then, um, you know, we got another truck or another trailer or something. We just kept expanding. And, uh, and it was awesome because in the wintertime, when there's no cars to be detailed, I'd just go snowboard. I'd get a job at a ski shop or something and snowboard. And then I got married pretty young. Got married when I was 21. And by the time I was 22, we had a kid on the way. And it Sounds was about right. Right. <laughs> You're following the cultural timeline. Yeah. And uh, it was starting to get like, hey, this is really cool. In the summer, we make a lot of money, and then we don't make anything in the winter. And... So I started to look at what, how can we keep doing this? And I tried having a detail shop because um, before that I was all mobile, went to people's businesses, <clears throat> and uh, and I, I mean, I had like we were doing jazz players, cars, and stuff. So you yeah. know, it was it was cool to be in that circle, right? Sure. Um, especially being so young. And then I went, uh, I, I I opened this shop out in Murray, and we started doing uh, like used car reconditioning. Um, I was terrible with accounting, so like I would, I we would have I would have fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars in accounts receivable that I wasn't collecting on, and things like that. And then you'd go to collect, and the dealers would be like, oh, it's been thirty-one days. We don't, we only pay up to thirty days." And so I wasn't good at that part. That sounds shitty. <laughs> I was dumb. I was a young kid. Well, no, like, like that a, that a dealer would be like, "Yeah, thirty-one know it's, days." It's like, crazy to think up. a car dealer wouldn't wouldn't honor their. Uh- <laughs> I know the bastion of. <laughs> Of integrity of, of and honesty. Integrity and, business. and honesty, yeah. Um, but anyhow, so then I went down to a wedding in uh, Vegas. A friend of mine was getting married down there, and I went down there July of 2001. I met a guy who uh, was a bigwig with a company called Bell Transportation. I don't know if you've ever read, they, they are the limo company. They got like 400 limos in town, they contract all the hotels and stuff. And I met this guy, and he was like, yeah, man, I need, you know, we go through these detailers. I don't have anybody. And da, 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 da. I go, well, I want to move down here. I want to find something year round. Why don't we set this up? So we moved. We set it up with the guy. Everything was good. We had just started doing a couple of cars. You know, we were coming down doing a couple of days. I say we, it was me at this point. Um, and uh, 9-11 happens. And everybody, kind of like when the pandemic happened, everybody just shut their doors to everything and panicked a little bit. So I was on my own. So I started doing mobile detailing again, and, and eventually just, you know, I had to kind of grow up, and I, I was a one-man operation, and I hadn't learned about scaling, and, right. um, you know, now I understand that stuff to to at least some degree, where I, I was the guy that had to be the guy running the machine and polishing the cars, and now I understand, no, no, you get other well, people there's to a, do it Well, there's that. a
0: legitimate, like, control issue when sure. it's your baby, Sure. and it takes a lot of like, trust to let that go. I remember for my <coughs> podcast business, Audio Automated, when I hired my very first producer.
1: Because uh-huh.
0: before then, it was me doing the consulting. It was me doing all the coaching. It was right. me doing all the creation. I was, I was balls deep in Logic Pro, mixing tracks. Everything was me. Right. So similar to what you – in that moment when I hired it out, I felt this, like, sense of relief. That was like, oh, so yeah, I can now. It's think like about, this
1: leap of faith, but at the same well, time, when, like, when
0: you're the only guy in your business, it's very uh, difficult to have the energy to want right. to grow your business. When right. you're exhausted from being the employee, right, you're not thinking about, oh, I want to, I want
1: to do more work. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's weird too. I had a weird approach to the whole thing. The, the you know, anything to do with cars brings. A mega ego with it, right? Whether you're selling cars, detailing cars, fixing cars, racing cars, there's a mega ego that goes along with with car stuff, with the car culture. And m- like my ego was more centered around the fact that I had developed this way to, you know, kind of run an assembly line and I could go out and instead of doing three or four cars a day, I was doing 12 mm-hmm. and had a route going and stuff. And I kind of rebuilt that in Vegas. And then, like I said, I just kind of had to grow up and move on. And, uh, I sold all my stuff and, kind of parceled it out. And then I went to work for the, the man, you know, and then, uh, <clears throat> but what I really wanted to do all those years ago was I like, I used McGuire's products and Adams products and stuff. And I always I thought, like, man, these look sexy. They're great products. I know these guys didn't invent, they, they're not chemists, you know, they're just car detailers that wanted their products and I always wanted to do that. And so right before the pandemic hit when nobody knew it was coming, Looking back, though, I think we all figured something was coming. <laughs> but yeah, in but bef- retrospect in sure. retrospect, but before it was coming, I, I had actually the, the gal who does the girl who does my artwork, we're sitting down to lunch and stuff, and I'm you know chirping about it, and she goes, "Just do it, what do you got to do?" And I was like, "I don't know." And I guess we'll look on the Google machine, and I Googled it and I found a couple of chemical manufacturers. They made a couple calls, got a couple samples threw some labels on and here we are. So how involved are you? If you like, say, can we do, can you change up your formulas and stuff? If you, yeah. So like, I'm not, you know, let me make it very clear. I'm not a chemist. Um, but what I can do is like uh, my very first product that I had conceptualized in my head was I wanted a really high shine, easy to apply for civilians, car wax. And, uh, all my products, I try to have some kind of shtick or theme or something with them. And uh, side note, I'm a huge Beach Boys fanboy. Um, and you can uh, kind of tell with your artwork, <laughs> yeah, right? It's kind of Southern California yeah. and everything. It's cool. And uh, thank you. And um, my, the product I came up with, I go "Endless Summer." That's like a famous Beach Boys record, and there's a great surf documentary called "Endless Summer." Because my thought was, I want when somebody puts this on their car in January, I want it to look like it's a hot summer day, right? Wanted it to be shiny like that. So that's where that came from. So I told my manufacturer, we had chosen the product. And when they send me samples, they're either clear or white. So I said, look, I want it to smell like summer and look like the Pacific Ocean. And they the guy literally the guy's like, all right, I think I got you. And so he sends me the the bottle of it and it's blue. And he goes, and it was funny because he goes, Dude, I specifically—he's—I went and googled it. He goes, "Did you know the Atlantic Ocean looks different than the Pacific Ocean?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course, of course, I knew that, bro. I didn't." Um, and then it smells like suntan lotion. And dude, everybody—the Atlantic gets,
0: Ocean smells like suntan lotion. No,
1: the Atlantic Ocean smells like shit. I think I don't know. Okay, no, sir. <laughs> no, my pro My—I don't know. So no, but the Pacific—the the, the Pacific Ocean smells like suntan lotion. Oh no, no, my product. Your product. My product. That's what I—I I, I go. I want it to look like the ocean. And smell like summer. Gotcha. And th- he goes, and I didn't even know what that meant. I just go, yeah. it's got to smell like summer. And he goes, sunblock. And it, sm- it smells like, you know, tone or something yeah. like that. And it's uh, it's funny, dude. Like, when we go to car shows and people are, dude, people look at buying car care products like they are making life decisions. Right? Like, it's I don't hilarious. know. I-, I currently use Meguiar's, and I'm like, okay, well. This is very similar. Yeah, you and know? you go to that brush car wash that beats the shit out of your car. Every <laughs> dude, day. that's what kills me. And you, you know? don't even have them dry it off at the end. Right, right. And then they blast it with a thousand psi air that doesn't really do shit for you. But anyway, right. Um, but yeah, I put that in people's hands and it and it does it. Like, I don't know if it takes them back to a good memory hanging out of the beach or whatever. But people like that, and that's well, dude. I'm, I've I've done videos like I've used your your products yeah, on you my car. It. And like I even made a comment about how they smell. You yeah. Know, I was like, this smells good. That was one of the things that I I really was important to me because I sell my products are I gear I I say civilians, right? Like I want I want the guy who is the driveway detailer or the soccer mom or whoever it is to be able to use the products and not have to worry about dilutions and not have to worry about is this gonna melt my skin off or something like that. Because there's some there's some pro level shit out there that you got to use gloves with, you know, yeah. um, and uh, like you have a pretty high end car that you don't run that to just anybody's car wash, right? You have. I wish I could say that, r-
0: but
1: <laughs> I don't think you're not running that through a tunnel wash. Yeah, yeah. You're running it through a tunnel wash.
0: Yeah. So I when I had it when I first got it, I had full paint correction and okay. and uh, ceramic done to it. Okay. And uh I have the guy detail it probably once every two or three months. Okay. Um, but I'm really good about keeping my cars but clean. But does the so. brush
1: hit it and everything? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, I it's not ideal. I'll no. I'll give you that. Like throwing a Ferrari through a tunnel wash is not ideal. I mean, the kids that dry it off lose their shit about it, which is cool. But <laughs> But, but that, the, that's probably like that's probably my, the greatest my detailer day. was like <clears throat> my detail was like, Don't you dare. Bro. Yeah. And I'm like, where am I gonna wash it, man? Yeah. There's no brushless car washes over here unless it's at like the the rinky dink one behind them holiday uh, gas station or something. Sure. I'm
1: like, there's no way I'm going there. Well, and and I will say, you know, I worked at Supersonic Car Wash when I was a kid. Okay, um, I worked in the detail bay, so I was pretty high up. You know, I made six dollars an hour instead of four and a quarter. Dude, um, save some for the rest. Um, of I was us, elite, bro. right? I was elite, and uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting <clears throat> because the the technology has improved quite a bit. I mean, it was basically Dawn dish soap back then. Yeah. Um, but you know what you can do in most of those tunnel washes is you can tell them leave the brushes off and just do the chemicals, unless unless because you, you keep it garage and stuff, right? Yeah, it's my car's rarely dirty. Yeah, it's usually just dust. So you can you can tell them leave the brushes off and it'll just really? do a soap and a rinse. Yeah, yeah. I Wonder how that would work. They just they push a button and the brushes don't. Well, no, I wonder and, how what the quality of it would be. I'm going to try it though. So here's the, the reason the brushes. We're going to get a little nerdy right here, right?
0: okay let's talk right
1: the reason the brushes are there is they have to agitate the soap like you know you've probably in your life had dirt on your car and the hose won't get it off but for some reason you can rub it with your hand and it all comes off you have to agitate it somehow yeah and you know again i'm not a scientist but it basically when you drive down the road your car creates static electricity and that's what makes dirt molecules stick to your car and so you have to break that somehow with agitation um, but if you're keeping it garaged and you know, just this little coaching for you. If you're keeping your car garage, all you guys out there listening, <laughs> and you just need you just need it blasted off, tell them leave the brushes off. Okay, I'll so, try that. If you have and that's people have like roof racks and shit, tell them leave the brushes off, you know, and you should be okay. Uh, especially on your car, you know. If you're if you, you know your car's not something that you're putting Four thousand miles a week on and out there doing your route sales job or something. You know, no, like my I mean truck I drive is. it
0: every day, but it's it's just
1: my off my home is two miles away. Right, so it's, so it's not getting too dirty. And and the other thing is, you said you had paint correction, you had ceramic coating. They'll tell you, listen, people are going to hate me for this. That sell ceramic coating, um, it's ceramic coating, so it can withstand brushes from the car wash. If it couldn't, it'd be kind of bullshit, right? Well, that's
0: well, that's why I, that's why i because <laughs> well, here's the thing: is it also um I noticed this I've I've done that to every one of the cars that I have. Right. And uh we've had a, a garage space issue recently because we bought two cars and mm-hmm. we're selling the other ones off now. But I had my Range Rover parked and the sprinklers kept getting it. Ugh. But the ceramic, it doesn't do it doesn't mess it up. Yeah.
1: There's yeah, no it won't, water it spots won't, or anything. It won't penetrate. Can we say penetrate? It won't we, penetrate. You, I don't know, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I wanna make sure no no rules about that. It won't penetrate through where like the the water spots the minerals in that shit starts etching into the paint and yeah. stuff like that. I heard that. that the the one that I had done was like a 5 year yeah. ceramic like Yeah. And, and and if you have it professionally done, I mean there's shit you can buy at AutoZone that I can assure you is not it should never come in a plastic bottle. You know, ceramic should come in a glass bottle um, or a or a metal metal bottle. Um, they're very small cuz you don't need a ton. Um, and and yeah, I mean if Dude, I need to
0: hook you up with my detailer cuz uh, he it's it's goat shine. I'm, um, I
1: actually I'm I follow him he follows me okay. and we go back and forth sometimes he does Dude, great I gotta work. get some
0: of your product in his hands man because yeah. I've been really pleased I mean he's done four cars for me yeah and uh, I've zero complaints like actually in our in our G wagon he does he does this like little baseball diamond sort of thing on the back with yeah. how he brushes it and Amy doesn't ever want to put groceries in the back of it because yeah. it ruined ruin the way that the that's car awesome
1: was, though the, those. Those are the touches where, when detailers do stuff like that, you're like, If he took the time to do that, you know, he did a good job, yeah. Right? Those are well, the things. This
0: is the ironic part to me, and I don't think he would mind me saying this. He listens to the show, he's like, He's like blind in one eye, he has like a fake eye, really. And so, like, that other eye's working overtime, dude. yeah. And he's so good, yeah. Like, he's so good at what he does,
1: yeah. No, I've seen his work, and um. He did uh, Scott's Porsche. Uh, he, there you go. He's done uh,
0: my friend Brady, who was on this show. Brady Edwards, he has a Tesla. He did Brady's Tesla. I was going to
1: ask you, did you meet this detailer
0: through like your circle or the other way around? I think, yeah, there's a guy in my neighborhood. His name is <clears throat> Billy Beach, and he has really high-end cars. Like, okay. he, he just bought a McLaren, and he had like a Porsche Turbo S, and uh, I saw him... I saw the goat guy at Billy's house, and I messaged Billy. Yeah. Like,
1: what's the what's the what's the dude? I I need this. Yeah, and he sent it over to me. And nice.
0: It was a match made in heaven, bro.
1: Yeah, there's a. It's funny. There's some some of the stuff that I see a lot of these mobile guys and these uh, young detailers doing, where I'm like, man, if they would have had if they would have had square and QR codes and shit like that when I was 19, dude. Dude, you had to hustle when you
0: were a kid. Well, <laughs> there was, well you and I aren't that far apart in age. Dude, I actually had uh, detailing as a part of my... Young, did you? Yeah, so before my, uh, before my Mormon mission, mm-hmm. I worked as the... Uh, it was an assistant detailer at the Skagit Valley Ford Subaru dealership yeah. up there in Skagit Valley, Washington, right by <laughs> Mount Nice little shout-out? Yeah. No, they don't give a shit. Any- I don't right, even are okay. around anymore, but... Um, Yeah, it was crazy because, like, there was all this... I didn't understand the power of chemicals. Back then, I don't know if this is the case now or not, but when Subarus would come off the truck, the brand new ones, they were covered in... It looked like cum, dude. Like, they just had this gross (laughs) foam crap everywhere, and it was a protectant. Yeah. And then they had this, like, solution that they would spray on it that would dissolve the protectant, and then it would allow them to, like... Um, you know, the, the car to be, you know, fully detailed and everything. And yeah. For I, I can't
1: remember what it's called. Body shops use it when they'll spray it on, you know, they just literally put on like a weed sprayer or a foaming sprayer, or whatever. And they'll spray it on cars because they're in a paint shop and stuff. And that overspray is going everywhere. And so they'll put it on cars that are just getting some body, whatever, until it's their turn to go to the paint yeah. shop. And then, yeah, when it gets to the detail shop, they just spray that off and it's kept overspray. And in the case of transporting a car, like, this is one of those things where people go, why do I need to get it paint corrected? It's brand new. And I go, well, because they put it on a rail car, and then they put it on a truck, yeah. and it's got iron and contaminants and sap well, dude, and all most, kinds of shit. Mo- my, my
0: my detail guy was telling me this, that, like, when he did my <coughs> Ferrari, like, the, the the thickness of the clear coat, he's like, oh, yeah. I've, I've never seen it this thick. It yeah, was I would like, imagine
1: it's pretty, pretty substantial on a Ferrari. And he's like,
0: they're, they're, he's like, you don't see it at
1: this level on any normal cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they fucking, they don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they're... I mean, dude. Even even if you take a car like uh, take a Corvette, right? A C8 Corvette, a new Camaro. It's dope, isn't it? <laughs> the the four seater Camaro. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, but but even those new C8s, the base model has yeah. a different level of clear coat than the whatever L83 yeah. or whatever they whatever. I the hell think that's are. what they're charging when they charge for those upgraded colors. Sure, so that's definitely that's definitely
0: one of the things. Um, I was like, how could a like in. in in the exotic world like they'll a, a
1: change in certain colors will cost 40 grand on yep. it. I'm like, jeez. Yeah, they're uh the, it's it's pretty interesting. It, they're also like there's so much new shit out there for protecting, I mean, you can wrap your car with uh paint protection film so it's clear. They used to just do that on the front, right? And then it was Remember the
0: days of clear bra's?
1: Oh yeah. Or even like actual bra's Dude. like the the <laughs> My son, my ten-year-old son, on the hood when they were getting blown around by the wind, dude. And y'all, and again, as a former detailer, always on Miatas, Corvettes, so uh, like anything with like a real good slant to it. Yeah. And then you'd pull them off. People are thinking, oh, this protects my paint, whatever. You pull it off, and it just be scratched because dirt's under there and all kinds yeah. of shit. But my son, my ten-year-old son, who always goes to the car shows with me every Saturday, we're at Cars and Coffee, and. <coughs> He's he's becoming quite the good little sales guy, but he comes over and he had taken this picture with with my phone. He goes, Dad, look at this car. I've never seen something like this. It's like this piece of leather on the front, and I go, Yeah, it's called a bra. And dude, he lost it, you know, because he's ten. He's like, so he got a bra. Your, does this car have <laughs> teeth? Yeah, it's like. So and he goes, like, it's got boobs, you know. And I'm like, that's a great. Why is it called a bra? Yeah, good question. I don't why. Why not just call it a front cover? I mean, I don't know. I they call it a bra and it's odd but but uh that was
0: it, it's more it, it would be more adequate or accurate to call it a mask cuz the headlights have kind of a look of eyes. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So where does they get this some dude is infatuated with titties. Yeah. He's like let's call it a bra. Dude, when I
1: and I'm going to out myself a little bit here but when I You're gay? Back, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> back in the day when I would do the cars, as soon as I saw somebody had a bra on their car, I just thought this guy will pay for any extra I sell him. So I would sell him protectant for his bra and that protectant rhymed with a company called Armorall. i don't want to i don't want to say the actual name but um (laughs) you know and it was funny because these i'd be like well do you want us to throw protectant on there well how much is that 10 bucks you know oh yeah for sure like do you want me to protect the thing that's protecting like you know because as soon as i saw that i thought oh this guy wears a
0: mask right now
1: (laughs) he's got that guy with his with his Front bra or his bra on his, you know, ninety seven Miata. That guy's wearing two masks Dude, right he's now. He's freaking out about monkeypox. I guarantee. Get, it. Oh, he's for. He might have it. He might. Well, that, that guy. I don't know if we should yeah. go that far. No, maybe only six know. people have it, even though it's a national emergency. That's true. It is a national emergency. Yeah. No, that. But it is crazy. Like I used to. I mean, you know, you talk about these stereotypes with cars. A little kind of little parlor trick I had is somebody could tell me what car they had, and I could I'd be like, oh. You're a you're a mid level manager at the at a title company, dude. You've uh, done that on Instagram. Yeah, I've seen that. Before. Yeah, and I'm pretty good at it still. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of new cars out there, but yeah. like, I had one. I remember one time this this friend of my wife's and uh, my wife like this when we were newly married, and my wife worked at the Limited, and uh, she brings this chick home, and and you know, there's a whole bunch of people at our house, and this this girl's like, well, do you know, do me, do me, do my car, and I go, what do you got, and and I think she, it was a a red Jetta. And I was like, manual or automatic? You know? And she's like, automatic. And I, like, I'm like, okay, so you got a rich dad that had to order that because those are manual cars anyway. And I'm like, and I'm looking at her and she's got some weird hair color and stuff. A lot of earrings in each ear. I was like, you're second year hair school student. She was like, yes, that's it. Of course. I'm like, yeah, dude, it, stereotypes exist for a reason. Because dude, enough if you were X-Men, would
0: you be bugged that that's your gift?
1: No, that I would. I would like to figure out a way to monetize it somehow. Like tell somebody's future, dude, you know. Get
0: your ass on stage, dude. You keep going to open mics in in Vegas.
1: Tell some car jokes, oh, man. Dude, I, you know maybe that's a good idea. I could figure out how to write car jokes. Do it right from the, like do crowd work. Ask the people in the crowd what their cars are. Yeah, that would be. And even you and you could. You don't know, have to be right, and people will laugh at it. Right? I mean, you well, can even just if you're not bullshit. right, it's still gonna be funny. Right? Like, yeah. No, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I should. Okay. There maybe is. that's my... Maybe it's on that's on the record, dude. That's on the record. Can yeah. you... If you do an open mic, can you just get up and do crowd work? Of course. What okay. can you do? Dude, you can do whatever you want for that three minutes. Oh, okay.
0: The crowd will tell you whether they like <laughs> it or not. <laughs> the crowd will be like, this isn't working. Yeah. Go They're back very vocal when it... <laughs> yeah. Or, well, not vocal. Dude, I, the first... I was at open mic. I'm, I'm back at it now with stand-up. I'm doing it every okay. week again and I'm, I'm writing a bunch of new stuff. And I, I had this conversation with my mother... And we were talking about the Mormon Church, and she she used the the that sentence that drives me crazy that says, "Well, the doctrine which is true and I believe it." (laughs) The the disclaimer is good, but the culture sucks. Yeah, right. She's telling that whole thing, right? So I tell this joke on stage about that, and I thought my punchline was solid, and I legit had zero crickets. Laughs. laughs like not even sound dude like i go da, 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 da. and i sit there and i go oh wow like i said that into the mic i go nothing yeah and i go i'm doubling down and then i went further into it and i had like i got a little bit of laugh after it but i didn't think that would be the place where they were going to hold back so, do you think it was? Is it one of those things where it, I think it was a shitty joke and it just didn't. Oh, okay. It, it I was going to say it doesn't land. I, well, I, and I, I was. I'm working out this stuff. I mean, that's the whole point of 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 an open mic is that it's batting practice, right? I, I You're go the reps, yeah. Which the irony is, it's the worst place to do batting practice, in you know, metaphorically speaking, because it's the the crowd is having to deal with a ton. Yeah it's like a new comic every three minutes. Right. And so it's, it's not like they're settling in like part of the arc of, of watching live comedy is you start to kind of understand the person on stage and you Uh get into like you, you, they get funnier if they are funny, they get funnier along the way. Sure. I remember, um, it was the very first time I headlined. I had this experience happen in the middle of my set. So I did an, I did 45 minutes, 50 minutes my first time. And, uh, I had this joke in the middle of my set where I was talking about my wife being a Pilates instructor. Right. And I didn't think what I was going to say was considered a punchline, but it got a reaction like a punchline. And all I just said was like, well, that's not funny. And that was it. And it was just kind of this (laughs) Passover to this other part of the joke, you know? And dude, it got like like an applause break. Sure. Like they were... (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? That's not the funny part, you know? And then when I, I've headlined several times since then, and it, you'll get that like the crowd, you got to start strong. But like they, they warm up to kind of your way, yeah. And they laugh at more stuff than just the setups and the punchlines. It becomes more of like the experiences. So open mic is hard to replicate that just because you don't have a lot of time.
1: Yeah, but you can yeah you can go do crowd work and open so, mic. So the w- is it typical on an open mic three minutes? Is that pretty no. much?
0: No, well that's just what Wise Guys Comedy Club okay. does. Um, And there's some brilliance behind it. Like, I wish there was more, but the brilliance behind it is that you have to be ready. Yeah. And it goes quick. Yeah. Like, if you're up there, three minutes is not a lot of time. Yeah. So in order to prepare to do an open mic for three minutes, you've written some jokes, you've got some punchlines, you're doing your thing. And it also allows, from like a comedy club standpoint, allows for more people to try it and for more comedians to be on stage. Okay. Which makes the crowd bigger because you can have – we I mean at Wise Guys I think last Wednesday they had like 35 comics that went up. Oh wow. So you have a lot of people which <clears throat> means they're they're buying beers and nachos and everything sure. and then they bring their friends and and then for the more it becomes a little bit challenging though when you are trying to like write full bits and trying to put them into a because yeah, a bit set. could
1: be three minutes, right? Dude a, dude, a bit
0: could be eight minutes. Yeah. Like, if it's a good... You're one.
1: leading them down a path, and it's yeah. like... and
0: so you're 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 doing that work in front of the stage to, like, squeeze the juice, like, to squeeze the fruit and see if it's going to work. Right. Because certain things <clears throat> don't work, and you don't know that until you test them in front of a crowd. When you go to, like, bar mics, there's in, in here in Salt Lake, there's several bar mics, and you can get five minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes. Okay. They're harder because they're a bar mic and sometimes you got fucking monday night football playing in the background and nobody gives a shit right or the entire crowd is nothing but comedians and so they don't care yeah. to listen but regardless you have to get into that sort of rep of saying your your joke in a, in a certain pattern and you know intonating certain things and working on your setups and your punchlines actually this podcast and the work that i do on social media Kind of hacks that system. Really, I'm so used to being required to say a, an articulate thought <clears throat> and to be funny. When we do these shows, I'm cracking jokes. We have a segment called uh, you know current events where we're gonna you know make fun of some stuff. And mm-hmm. and it's 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 the same sort of thing that I can kind of gauge even in my little small group of people here, like if it's
1: funny or not. And then I could take that and try it in front of a crowd. But do you? Uh... When when you talk the open mics, like that's one thing I noticed because I I like going and watching the open mics. I think it's uh, I think it's you you, you compared it to batting practice, right? Yeah. Like when I I'm, I like UFC and I like the jobbers. You know the, the 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 main event's awesome, of course, whatever. But I like the guys that are literally fighting for their their paychecks, right? right? I mean this here's a guy that you got a you got a guy that he finished his shift busting tires at Costco Tire Center at He's six like, pm oh, shit, and I got fight. over the MGM Grand. To fight yeah. at seven thirty, right? Like, so it I kind like, of sucks that that's a reality, but I get it. It, it is right, but but uh, there, it's that kind of that same thing when you watch the open mic. Like these guys are the grinders and the and the and the the jobbers in that, and there's there's a lot of them where you're like, dude, this is really funny, original stuff. There's a lot of them that get up there, and it's like, oh, good, more dick jokes, super dude. Wait, they tell dick jokes at those open <laughs> mics? Are you serious? <laughs> it's is that a thing? <laughs> and it's you know, it, or or you know, it's it, whatever they get up. I mean, we were there one night, and uh it was like three comics in a row. There was a chick and two dudes, and and their whole shtick was either Trump or Biden bashing. And I'm like, you, you just did the other guy's jokes. Like, you guys want to compare notes before you get up or something? I don't yeah. know how it works, but. But, uh, and none of them, and here's the other thing, none of them were funny. You know, it's like, it's like dude, I, I feel like Jimmy <coughs> Fallon did that joke two weeks ago or something, yeah. you know? Dude, I don't doing know.
0: political jokes right now, especially, is very high risk. Yeah. Because it's very difficult to do good ones. Uh huh. And a lot of times people won't even laugh at a good one just because it's about the guy they hate. Yeah. Poli- politics are very polarized. Yeah, yeah. I will give a shout out to this guy Shane Gillis is one of my favorite he, very
1: funny. comedians ever, dude. Is he, he's a guy that got fired from SNL yeah. before he started SNL, right? Okay. Yeah, well, he
0: got hired, and then <clears throat> some idiots went looking through
1: his podcast stuff, and
0: he right. made some Asian jokes that were pretty off-color, and and uh, the woke mob went after him and got him fired. Right. But he's actually... It's it's turned into a benefit. I, I actually hosted the shows when he came to Salt Lake the last time, and so I was able to meet him and, okay. and uh, you know befriend him a little bit, and... He actually – he's doing this Killian Reeves or uh, G- Gillian Keeves skit sketch show that he does for YouTube. Okay. And it's – I mean, it's <clears throat> full TV Sorry. production quality. It's really good and good it's stuff. fucking hilarious. Yeah, um, But in his stand-up, he does a lot of like Trump jokes. Okay. But he does it in a way to where he doesn't pick a side. Oh. And he does it and he teaches you, he teaches you how to do Trump. Yeah. And he talks about it. are we at this point where we can admit he was hilarious? And he just, you know, says, you know, who, who shows up to a debate and just says, you know, wrong. Like, can you speak and say you can say wrong? Like, <laughs> I didn't know that was a possibility. <laughs> dog face Ted. Wife, your wife's a dog face Ted. Like, he just he's so funny in how he does it. And uh, he's the most unassuming dude ever. Like, he's right. truly brilliantly funny. And so um, when I look at doing Politics jokes. I I look at that as the standard. Yeah, like you can't do hacky Trump red orange man bad jokes and expect people because there's a lot of people in this world that are Trump voters and like the guy that you would never know. Yeah, they keep it shut because it's so risky to have people think like you would actually. You have the the lefties are like, I mean, I'm Trump, 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 I can't believe it, and and you're
1: just sitting there going like, well, I'm never gonna tell him. Vote right. for Trump? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're like, no, I, I just, I, I thought his economic policies made more sense. I, I wasn't, I'm not a racist. But. I, just, I just, <laughs> whatever I it is, his, right? I just liked his tweets, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one thing I was, I was talking with my 16 year old son about this, about the, the, I guess extreme sides of, of we were talking about specifically politics, but I go, you could apply this to sports or the cars people like or whatever. I go. You know people look at it as like this linear thing left and right. I go really it's more of a cyclical thing and the left and right of right, the extremes become the same thing. It's a circle, yeah. I go I go it's a really odd thing that these two ends don't realize they're the same person, you know. Yeah. I, with I, with a with one's got a maga hat and one's got a biden bumper sticker but you're the same person, man, yeah,
0: and only one of them has a
1: job. So <laughs> That's hey-o. True.
0: Yeah it's it's I don't know how to handle it actually actually I think that the pandemic and just the blatant gaslighting yeah by the media and the government and pharma and all that like yeah. has created this subset of our population and culture
1: that it just won't put up with it anymore. Yeah I think you're right I think there's I think you and I fall in that category like I'm not oh I don't like, believe anything anymore. Yeah dude. I don't I don't trust I'm laughing
0: my ass off. They're trying to redefine what a recession is, dude. Recession or two quarters negative G? Yeah, That's not really what a recession.
2: Uh, it says it in your book. <laughs> it says it in the
1: book. No, nope. yeah. it did, but we changed it just well, it's now. That physical book that you can't erase right.
0: out of. It's still there, but on Wikipedia, dude. Elon Musk going at Wikipedia was awesome. Yeah, he's like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, and it's- even there's like there's that Fox News reporter Peter Ducey that went at the press secretary. The, I saw that, and he's like. You changed the definition, she's yeah. like, well, no, we're not and he's yeah. like, you literally have changed the definition every other time it says this now you're saying it's not that well, it's not that it's it, like, oh my God,
1: yeah, <coughs> and it's you know what it's like for me is uh you, I'm sure you're a fan of the Chappelle show right of course dude it i I say I'm like we're being Rick James right now, like man, why would I put my feet on that man's couch, so anyways, yeah, man, <laughs> fuck that guy's couch right no <laughs> <your> couch, <laughs> and you're like. Wait, what? I mean, th- and that's that's one of the best scenes ever in a TV yeah. show because there's no cutaway, nope. there's no pant. He's just standing there, takes a bit, and he goes, "Yeah, I had my feet on his couch." <laughs> yeah, I mean that guy, rich, rich motherfucker, thinking he's <laughs> got a nice couch, you know. And you're like, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, and, and dude, when when I sit up, when I see them like that guy, Peter Ducey, he's asking him a question, like, "We never said that." Anyway, here we are redefining a recession. You're yeah. like. Are you well, with dude? It was James in, right now. No, the funniest
0: one wasn't the recession one. Was he asked? So I guess the Biden administration has started up a restarted up construction of the border wall <laughs> on the southern border. <laughs> they, they were never going to build another. They were foot. never going to build it. Like you have clips of Biden saying, "We're never going to do that." Not another and foot. Will the be built. immigration shit has just been a nightmare right. for the Democrat Party because it's literally just floodgates open. There's Mm -hmm. all these issues, especially right now where they're trying to, you know, force vaccinations and have there be all these health regulations Mm -hmm. specific to monkeypox and COVID and everything. And just going to let them walk right through. Right. Um, we're not, we're not rebuilding the wall. We're fixing the mistakes of the past registry. <laughs> well, why do those mistakes matter if you've been on record saying the walls don't do anything? Yeah. Well, we're fixing the mistakes. Well, what mistakes were there? Well, we're fixing – it's like they – she looks like the biggest fool up yeah. there. I, I, I feel bad for her because she's was talking – I just about to say that. They're all puppets, dude. Yep. Those pre- any of the press secretaries, left or right, it doesn't matter. They have to do the bidding of the yeah. big guy. Yeah, because
1: you – I mean, you can see it in her face. She doesn't believe it. You know, you made, you, you, uh, can I reference a post you made yeah. about, uh, kind of, kind of duplicitous people, right? I oh, um, yeah. <laughs> one last night that I yeah, did Yeah, And dude, that resonated with me because my wife and I were taught, I, I said, watch this what Bryce is talking about. And, and, uh, I said, you know, this pandemic really exposed, I mean, I saw it with friends and family and stuff that where I was like that it's, it's showing how I guess a easily duped you are, and and I think it's, you know, like my parents, they're baby boomers, right? Your parents are baby yeah. boomers, and they were taught to believe the adults because adults wouldn't lie to you because adults have your best. They interest were very in structured, heart. very structured, and now even you know like. My mom, my mom, who my mom's like, what she, was she referred to herself like a reformed feminist. She's like, I bought into all of it. I bought into, you know, if women didn't work, that they were lazy and just didn't want to produce in the system, and da da da. And and now my mom's like, now I realize, like, it's okay if men do the heavy lifting, you know? Yeah. My wife. Well, that's been the beautiful thing about this is it's like reverting back to more traditional values. Yeah. A lot of this pushback, like, wait, no, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, and and again, and by the way, that's not a commentary of like women should or shouldn't work. I don't give a shit, but. My point it is, absolutely is, should, but but <laughs> w- it should be based on what somebody wants to do, yeah. not based on if you don't, you're not, and this, and you know, and and you know, my wife, she refers to herself as the world's worst feminist because she's like, my my wife's like, she wants to be June Cleaver. Like where she just goes, go handle the the yeah. kids are fight. Go handle that shit. That's a man. That's man She's work. She's gonna twirl in with your dir- your yeah. dinner when you're. I'm yeah. here,
0: honey. Here's your and we dessert. and
1: we joke in my house because you know she'll be like, hey, can you do X Y Z? I go mm, that sounds a little bit like lady work, you know. And then she gives me the eye, and I go do whatever she wants me to do. But you know, but my wife is very traditional, like. And this this is I mean when we got married, she was gonna she was working at a bank and she was gonna move up under the banking system and stuff and. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had our first kid, and she, I, I think she did her maternity leave and lasted like two weeks. She's like, I miss my baby. I just want to raise our baby. Isn't that the irony you know? of, of the whole thing? Is that
0: the push towards socialism would make it so that women could just not do as much? I, I'm on board, dude. Like, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, we have you know, basic income paid, we got all our shit handled, and they just want to do what they yeah. want to do. I just I, the thing. My is that, was, is that the ruse we're trying to like we're trying to feminism our way back to traditional values, so that you
1: just not have to oh, do anything. Like, we're, yeah, good, good, good point. Like now they're they're coming full circle, they're right? Full circle, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. I'm like, I want to be <laughs> empowered in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, I've seen him live, dude. Yeah, he, he, he's one of my favorites. I mean, dude, I saw this guy. What are you doing? I saw him at the. On the Playboy Comedy Tour, Court McCown's Playboy Comedy Tour at the Palms, and like th- I think there were three hundred people in this room, yeah. and I, I was instantly, I'm like, I'm a fan. He had that bit about uh, TJ Maxx or Marshalls or whatever, looking like Beirut. But he, <laughs> he he's got he's got this bit he does about the woman, like the the woman handling business, and yeah. like at the airport, and like you know the husband's over there in the corner, like, I'm holding all the bags, and the wife's up there handling it, and my wife's like, no. My wife, my wife's like, handle the shit, go up there, get our bags checked. Like, um, I had a friend one time, he's got uh, he's got adult children and he his his kids came to visit. His son came to visit with his wife. They were leaving to come back to Salt Lake where they live. This is in Las Vegas, and the wife hops in the driver's seat and she's gonna drive home. And my friend is he's just like I, I don't know. I, I That doesn't sit well with me. And I'm like, dude, my wife drives all the time. Well, I, was like, I was like, what's the big deal? She's so just driving, right? Yeah. So then I go home and I'm telling my wife, I go, yeah, you know, get a load of what this joker said. And my wife's like, no, nah, he's right. She's like, no, nah, that's your job. You drive. Wow. And I okay. go, but you drive on road trips. She's like, I drive for an hour. That's it. One hour. And then you're back in the driver's seat. I'll let you have a little nap. And like, my wife's like, that's your job. You handle that. I'll make sure the kids have sandwiches and snacks, you know? And so whatever.
0: You know, I was talking with uh, with my wife on a – we go on walks on a regular mm-hmm. basis, and it's really a, a fun place for us to kind of explore different ideas. I had heard this – I was talking to her about this. I, I heard this uh, this uh, example about the differences between men and women in feminism mm-hmm. and feminism and all of that when it comes to production and how um, <clears throat> women do themselves a, a disservice when they don't acknowledge the power of physical beauty. Oh, okay. And when you look at, for example, like the metaphor of the game of chess. Okay. Okay? So if you look at the game of chess, the most important piece on the board is the king. Okay. He can move one, one move at a time. Right. One square, any direction, but one at a time. The queen <clears throat> can go wherever she wants, however she wants. Right. And the statement was made as I was listening to this, like the, win- the, the queen – a, a woman can show up to the finish line and fuck the winner. And it was like, huh, women have so much mobility. They have so much capacity because dudes like a pretty face and a tight ass. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like what it, like what it, in business, for example, like, and women can of course be successful in business. I'm, I'm no way saying that you can't. There's the, the, I know some real hustlers that are women. I'm, right. I'm, this isn't about that. I'm talking about the possibilities that exist because of the the differences in the genders, okay. and men and women. That for a, for a man for the king to build a business, it's slow moving, right? One step at a time, one step at a time. Got one step at a time. Got to you know, it's you, st- you eat the elephant one bite at a time, the whole thing. it's slow, it's deliberate. Right. I mean, it can be faster, but it still takes time, right? Yeah. Where you can't skip steps. A woman can come in and befriend the man or romantically become involved with the man <coughs> and immediately have access to all of that work. Mm. And then technically, because of how law works in the United States, leave with half of it. Yeah. Right? So I found that to be interesting because it's like uh, we have this demonization of beauty, and I think that's partly why. There's a certain – you know, Jordan Peterson talks about how a, a lot of the things that have been happening in our culture relative to, like, you know, all the genders that are showing up and all these other – like, wokeness in a way. Right. That it, it, it's creating different – he calls them dominance hierarchies different ways to compete because in the typical normal dominance hierarchy, these people suck, right? They don't have any discernible skills. They're not charismatic. They don't know how to like really, um, create difference or win for themselves. So they have to create a new category where they're the winners. And so a lot of these categories have to do with grievance. Like I'm more oppressed. I'm winning the grievance Olympics. And that makes them feel important in their hierarchy. Anyway, transitioning that kind of back.
1: It's like, it's like collateral or something in that, right? Like, right. or, or, or capital. Sorry, that's what I was looking for. It's like they got this capital or collateral. Well, I'm they need th-
0: they need to feel like they're winning, yeah, or that they have a purpose, or that they're at the top of something, yeah. And so, you know, this demonization <clears throat> of physical beauty. They're even trying to refi- define redefine what physical beauty is. The whole like body positivity movement yeah. and everything. It's like
1: a lot of this stuff is truly unhealthy. Well, not even just redefine it, but also tell me or tell you, no, that is pretty, and you go because I mean, look, dude we're dudes. Some dudes are into blonde chicks. Some dudes are into brunettes. You can't just because you, well, well, you some have chicks,
0: to, some dudes like a thicker girl. Some want right. a skinnier girl, but, but there's a point and, where
1: it's like, that's not thick. And if it is, it's got fucking six C's at the end of that thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like you just cause you want like, sure. Okay. You can be bigger and you can be beautiful, whatever to some people, but you can't make this declaration that I have to think that's beautiful. Well, hold on. I want to make sure we're clear on this. Okay.
0: Okay. L- Overweight people can be beautiful, sure. of course, but they're still beautiful in like symmet- symmetry of face, of skin tone, of like right. of how they carry themselves, how the energy that they have. Sure, but even that sometimes, like people just want to be like, I just need to be accepted for who I am, and it's like, no, you don't, dude. You
1: look gross. Well, and 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 I'll tell you exactly why why you're correct on that is because if they weren't pretty, they'd just be overweight, right? If they were if they were average looking and overweight, no second look. We we do the thing where we're like, well, it's a good thing they're pretty, you know. Um, and I think that to your point, like that's the point you're making. Like if they were just average looking, the overweight thing ain't carrying any water with it. Well,
0: dude, have you seen Bill Burr's new special?
1: Uh, some of it at yeah. Red
0: Rocks. He has that bit where he talks about that. He goes, the biggest ruse is these average. Unattractive, yeah. basic-looking people convincing you that they should be on TV on on magazine covers, right? And it's like this whole thing, like trying to have diversity of all this. It's like, no, I, I, I love. I want to go back to the time when like pretty people were yeah, what yeah. we saw in our movies and our TVs. I'm, I'm with you, man. And, and now I do think that there's it's, it's escapism. Like I don't need to be reminded that everybody's ugly. I don't want to watch. <laughs> Yeah, everybody... No, hold on. Everybody's ugly. Yeah. We have so many ugly people in this world. Otherwise, we'd all be and, on TV, and right? And that's fine. Yeah. there's certain, That's the dominance hierarchy, right. dude. There's movie stars and musicians, and there are, there's models. They're, they're hot. Yeah. And they get the attention because of their physical beauty. There's nothing wrong with that. People just need to stop getting their panties in a bunch yeah. about, uh, about the reality of that. Or, I guess, and as well,
1: if you... Get in the game. Get in shape. Do what you need to. Like, you have control over that. Well, when you talk about, like, actors or musicians or whatever, there's there's average or maybe less than average looking actors that are really good actors. Yeah. That's why we watch them. There's no There's no average actors that aren't hot. Right? There's no average. Yeah. There's no, like... There's musicians like that are ugly as Al shit. Al Pacino, ugly dude. <laughs> ugly dude, but he's a tremendous awesome. actor. So he, that's, that's his ticket in. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know. There's, it's kind of the same in comedy, dude. There's very few, like, really attractive comedians. Yeah, and, and I've also, the, and I don't know if this is a good or bad thing in comedy. You would know better than me, obviously. But, like, there's a lot of uh, self-deprecating humor in yeah. comedy. You know, I, uh, uh, I used to like Ralphie Mae. You know, he was so funny dude he was funny but he had to come out of the gate acknowledging his yeah. weight well when right? you
0: weigh 600 pounds right you, you kind of need to do but
1: that. he had to come out of the gate acknowledging that so it was like i know and we'll make some jokes about it and for the record it was a double hinge gate <laughs> it was it was french doors yeah um but but he was also i thought he was funny without like his not fat jokes
0: were funny well that that you know. what you're what you're what you're, you know, discussing here is something that is. It's been an interesting thing that I've noticed, and it's it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. When the fat guy goes up and talks about how fat he is, yeah, and how he can't get laid and how nobody wants him, it's like people laugh. Yeah. But it's almost like a mean laugh. They're like oh, yeah. laughing from a malicious place, like that guy. I, I, but they feel okay about it because yeah. he's the one saying it, and it's like the only other way <clears throat> to get away with that is to be the, like if you're not fat or unattractive or there's not some discernible way to like, you know, that you need to point out, you know, right. um, you have to go the other way. You have to go super arrogant Yeah, and be funny about
1: it. Yeah. That's a good point there. And there are those, there are comics, there are musicians like that. There's actors like that. Um, yeah, that, I mean the actor, the musician thing is, is very interesting to me. There's a lot of really good looking shitty musicians, but there's no shitty musicians or sorry, there's no, there's no average, looking musicians that are shitty their their top tier level musicianship you know tom petty tom petty was probably the ugliest man that ever stepped on a rock and roll stage but he was a tremendous musician he still
0: plowed stevie nicks yeah. man did he oh yeah really dude, she stevie was a nicks. hoe she was such a hoe dude Go, i watched stevie. a doc I, dude, and dude fleetwood mac is one of my favorite bands yeah. ever do you realize how much drama was in that band oh sure. she fucked everybody well she was she was a witch dude Okay, so no, she she had a relationship <laughs> with with Lindsey B- Buckingham, the right. guitarist, and she, I think she fucked the drummer too, and then she fucked Tom Petty, and she fucked I think it was uh I can't I I can see his face in my in my mind I, I want to say Jimmy Iovine like the because he was a big producer at that time Okay, I'm probably wrong on this. It might have been a different group, but, but like she she really she, en- the she really enjoyed
1: that time of her life. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say Stevie Nicks probably has some daddy issues maybe. You know, she's a witch. Oh, I'm sure she had plenty of daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm probably I'm I'm kind of a music snob, and I get, like, I'm probably, you know, I'll, I'll say things like, I don't think Stevie Nicks is that great. And people are like, excuse me? She's fantastic. I'm well, like, mm. there's, it's, her. Fleetwood I, Mac's great, but I don't know what Stevie Nicks yeah, is Yeah, I, I, was,
0: I was never, uh, like, a Fleetwood Mac uh, fan until about a year ago. And oh, then, really? And I think it was that stupid Ocean Spray guy on the TikTok oh, that had yeah. dreams, and I'm like, that's a great song. And I started with more maturity diving into their
1: catalog. Yeah. They, Fleetwood Mac has a song called Tusk. And it I've said that's the perfect song. I gotta listen to that one. Then. That's a great song. Live yeah. is better. Well, I I was
0: Amy and I were joking about this. Like, I'm at this age now where I don't have biases against any music anymore. Like I oh, used really? to be like, country music sucks. Yeah. I'm like, no, there's some country music yeah. that's great. And there's some rock and roll that's great, and yeah. some that sucks. And there's some rap and hip-hop that sucks. And like yeah. there's every genre has shitty music. They also have some great ones. So, yeah. so you know we've been we have this this uh, habit where every night it's usually every night we'll go we have a really nice back porch and we'll you know the sun there we have the lights and we'll I'll sit there and smoke a cigar and and we'll just talk shit we'll have the you know the bluetooth speaker out there listening to music and everything yeah. and it's been a fun thing but but anyway back to the whole fleetwood mac thing like i laugh at how you know the main songwriters for most of their songs were either lindsay buckingham or stevie nicks yeah And when they were in the relationships together, like, some of those songs about breakups and everything, like... (laughs) It's heavy duty, right? Yeah, and, like, imagine the fucking band having to show up and be like, Stevie's like, I got a new song. And it's like, (laughs) might as well say Lindsay is the biggest asshole ever. (laughs) Well, imagine being Lindsay,
1: like... Yeah, he's like, really, I guess I'm going to get up, we're going to go on tour and I'm going to play this every night.
0: Really, bitch? We doing this? And he's like, you know what? (laughs) Checkmate, girl. Like, And he goes and writes his own shit. He's like, go your own way is his song, you know? I thought like the the bass player and the drummer were just like these two fucking idiots. And then the drummer's like, I think I need to get in on this.
1: Yeah. That's why you gotta be like Motley Crue and just write very uh uh you know kind of borderline violent songs about women. Um, and then and then write a song called Don't Go Away Mad, just go away. Like you literally say yeah, we wrote a bunch of a song, songs that objectify women, and then want to get the hell out of here because I don't care. I real, <laughs>
0: really want to get to know Tommy Lee in person.
1: He seems like an interesting dude, well, right? dude,
0: I watched that Hulu series about him and uh, Pamela. Oh, okay. I didn't there, watch the, it, the but the it's pretty tape. interesting. The guy that – dude, it's such an exaggerated caricature. of. He seems like a total douchebag in that sh- series. There's a hilarious part of that, though, where, like, he talks to his dick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like his. you see his dick, and it's yeah. like talking. Like it's talking to him. And I'm like, oh, my God, they went there, dude.
1: Yeah. The iconic Tommy Lee dick.
0: It's yeah. got
1: bars. It's spitting. I mean, that's <laughs> not a way to describe it. But <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I, wor- I worked in a, in a, as a bouncer in a club in Vegas back in the early 2000s, and he, there, w- there was this one night where he was in the club, and then Vince Neil, who lives in Vegas, he yeah. came. And it was like this big thing, like, we can't, we can't let them be by each other. Can't let them, because that was back when they were not friends. They're, they're beefing. You know, when they clearly had enough money at the point. Um, and then they obviously ran out and had to go back on tour four more times. But it was interesting, like, like uh, they're like, you got to make sure that they don't sit by each other or whatever. And, uh, um, and, you, and then it's kind of funny, because I, I think about it and I go, why don't, like, don't they have enough money to just go, who gives a shit? I mean, what are they beefing about, right? I don't know. But I'm going to go out on
0: a limb, and I don't know any of this by, uh, for fact, but I'm, I'm going to guess that they might have had substandard spending habits when it came to managing <laughs> you think so? their tremendous wealth.
1: I, I, have a, I have a friend that uh, works as a bankruptcy trustee and handled a particular rock star's uh, bankruptcy, and he's like, so the band he's in is a corporation, and the four members of this band each get $100,000 a month as a salary. A month. Okay. They hadn't toured in several years, but their music was iconic enough. And he goes, $100,000 a month, and we're doing his second bankruptcy in eight years. How do you fuck that (laughs) up? (laughs) I don't know. And he's like, dude, he has art that he purchased for tens of thousands of dollars that's not worth $1,000. But. Oh, it's Hunter Biden stuff, <laughs> like like artwork. Like this isn't real artwork, dude. Yeah. You just bought this at a swap meet. Dude, when you that's, were a, that's
0: a napkin from the local IHOP, dude. Yeah. So that's
1: funny, man. I don't know, but and I don't, I you know, I could say who it is, but I don't nah, know. Well, I don't yeah, well, you tell me off, mic and we'll keep it that way. But anyway, dude, that's hilarious, man. So when are you? Uh, uh, are you are you doing anything in Vegas soon? I don't have anything on the books yet.
0: Okay. Right now, my my focus has been truly like. Trying to build a fan base through this podcast. Yeah. How, how how is it going? Because I'm a fan, obviously. I follow it. I listen. Here's it. It's not. It, it's going well. It's growing at a slow pace. Uh-huh. The the people that watch it really enjoy it, and okay. the people that listen to it, like I get the uh, the engagement is great. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm just looking to have more people see it. Yeah. So like I right now it closes tonight, so it'll be after this is aired. But uh, you know, I'm doing like a gift card giveaway for subscribers to the YouTube channel oh, cool. and. And, uh, you know, just wanting to, you know, drum up some attention to it. We put a lot of work into it. I mean, my my producer does a great job yeah. with what he's doing here. Um, I feel it's entertaining. Like, I have a commitment to have interesting people um, come on the show. And it's lighthearted. There's nothing formal about this. Right. Mean, we've talked about everything today. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of the whole thing we do. You know, like, we're going to do current events here pretty soon. And yeah. and just – I just wanted to be – I know that this is ostentatious to say, but I don't care. I wanted to pattern it after Joe Rogan. Okay. And be like, I just want to have great conversations. Yeah. I'm a good conversationalist. Yeah. I'm not a stupid person, so I can hang when it comes sure. to smart people. I can hang when it comes to funny people. Um, I can lead if I need to if something's dragging and, and be just fine and have it feel seamless. And so I think I've had I've had feelings about the possibility of this show being a monster.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's yeah. – you know, people go. I, I want to do a, a show like Joe Rogan, but then, like you said, well, can you hang? Can yeah. you lead if they're not interesting or whatever? Can you can you crack wise? Can you do that? Um, I I love Joe Rogan. I'm a fan of uh, Adam Carolla's format because um, I like like I like learning about interesting people. People you you know you he had Carolla had Cal Penn on the other day. He's an actor and he's funny mm. and he's a good actor. They didn't even, they talked a little bit about his acting chops, but they were talking about, I didn't know he worked as a, as like a staffer in the white house under Obama. I didn't realize he had done all these other things. And I found that really interesting where you're like, oh, there's, there's more to this guy, you know, and he's has a book out. And I'm like, oh, I'm interested in checking that out now. Um, so I think you're on, I, you know, I, I, say, I think you're I on I think the right you should track, spend more
0: time on this show talking about this show. I think that would be a great idea. Well,
1: I'm, that's all right. I didn't mean to. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Dude, I like I fucking what you I, No, I, I appreciate it.
0: And, like, and you, you've been very gracious with me as far as, like, you know, you've you shared my stuff. You've, you know, given me feedback. you listen. Oh, man.
1: So I, it, it, it matters a lot. This is, it's. Been, I look up to you. I think. I look up to you. I, you're you're doing what everybody talks about doing, and you're doing it. You know? Thank you. So, like, you, everybody wants to be everybody wants to be a major league baseball player, but nobody wants to go get their reps in, get their chops in. Right. And nobody wants to be out there swinging at 5 a.m. getting 500 hacks before they go to school when they're 15, you know? And you're doing what everybody wants to do. For the so. record, I don't get up at 5 to <laughs> swing at baseball. <laughs> no, no, but you're... I know what you're saying. But I'm, you're building the thing that... I mean, we're sitting here in a studio, right? Uh... Most people, most people buy an SM57 mic, and that's as far as they get with it. And they record one thing, and they listen to it themselves, and they realize, oh, I'm not that interesting. Where it's like, maybe you're not, but you know interesting people, start interviewing them, you know? Yeah. So hell, go have a conversation with Speaking your 80-year-old When are you going to have your podcast there, dude? Why do you always have to jam me up about that, dude? Because you'd be
0: fantastic at it and you I know. keep
1: fucking slowing down. I, I, I say I know. And and you know, and then I come and I sit in your amazing studio and I go, I can't be this good, dude. Dude, this is this is the this is like level five. You just need to be at level one. I know, I know. And I have the first edition of the Roadcaster, and and by the way, you're not the only guy who busts my ass about this. And I don't know why I don't. I don't, I don't. And I need to just sit down and start recording some shit and i
0: get it, it dude it sucks to feel empowered and to have money
1: because <laughs> that's what
0: would happen to you if you did your show oh man i think uh you already have a sponsor for it it could be big my it could be beta bills beta,
1: beta bills sort of good stuff sort of good ish i'm gonna wash my car next month type dude, of detailing maybe, gift. you know I, sh- I need to make a like a funny video about that like you can you you're can welcome get beta dude. bills you know do i owe you anything for that that's no, on the house no. this is on okay. me, dude. that's on the house yeah. all right good well,
0: you give me, you give me, uh, you've been very gracious with uh, with your car care stuff. So we're, we'll call it we're even. All right, dude, I appreciate that. Bank well, bills. I'm going to trademark it though, so I get paid every time you use it. We need the T-shirt. Like, like, uh, yeah, dude, um, it's going to be a skinny guy with narrow shoulders and a man bun. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. We we're going to go. He for sure drives a Subaru. No, by we're not going to go. to – No, because he's not a lesbian. We're going to go to. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to stereotypes. We're going to have. A, it's like the guy that it's it's like the corporate. 48-year-old guy that drives downtown and has a Honda Accord. Yeah. That's beta bill. I'm,
1: I'm thinking of uh, do you remember the the one SNL bit with uh, Will Farrell where he's like, I drive a Dodge Stratus? Stratus. Yeah, he's like, I'm oh. a middle manager. <laughs> yeah, the, dude, that's the guy. That's, that's the So guy. good, man. Yeah, Michael Scott from the office with his Sebring. His convertible. His Sebring, convertible Sebring. that's how you get the ladies. Dude. Yeah. That's man, there. You go. You're you're uh you're Ferrari's. Convertible, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard top convertible. Oh, really? Yeah. The dumb question, I know. It's com- hard top like it it goes into sections? Yeah. like the, you don't have yeah, to the, pop it the, off the, and no, store the, it somewhere? Okay. The, the trunk pops up and oh, it like goes okay. back there. Nice.
0: Yeah, it's a really good-looking hard top and a really good-looking yeah, convertible. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So. Bitching, dude. Yeah. All right. Bitching what, anyway. <laughs> No.
2: What do we got
1: for,
0: uh, what, B, what do we got
2: for uh, current, current events? events? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, we'll start out with the light one. Today is right. the 14th year anniversary of International Beer Day that was started by California Friends. So the first Friday of August has been named International Beer Day, and on August 4th is IPA Day. So beer holiday is in August. That's the worst time to have a holiday
0: where you're drinking that shit.
2: Yeah. Because it warms up too
0: quick. Yeah. Especially an IPA.
1: I'm dude, not a beer drinker, but I'm familiar with the activity And uh, I have friends that are beer drinkers, and, yeah. The August 4th thing, there's got... Did you know that? No, but there's got to be a club of dudes getting together with their IPAs, arguing about IPAs, right? So... Just for curiosity, to be in this club, like how divorced do you have to be? <laughs> I think they have. I think they
0: have to buy Beta Bill products. They do have they to buy. A bill. Dude, there's got to be a Beta Bill version of the beer too. Yeah, like, and there's a there's a actually whole. every IPA is Beta Bill's beer. I can't stand that shit, dude. Yeah,
1: the people that I see, it's it's this weird. What what were you saying? That Jordan Peterson calls it like, this dominance, show, do, this like dominance hierarchy. It's this dominance like, hierarchy where a guy compete. walks in and goes, all, all these buddies down go I have a bud, bud light, course whatever, and he goes. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm gonna have what? What do you have for IPAs? Yeah. You know, and and the, that's so true, dude. And the waitress is like, "Oh, this guy, he's very smart." You know, oh, okay, and, <laughs> and she's she's gonna be like, "Okay, yeah, that guy's got no respect." They they laugh at him behind, you know, back of house. They're laughing at that dude, guy. dude.
0: I I used to have a joke in my act where I talked about how we're like this close to the era of a dick sleeve. <laughs> Because tats tats are just everywhere and some So and that's the next the evolution. Guy, yeah, but the guy that's gonna tell you about his dick sleeve just ordered an IPA. Yeah. He's that guy. He's the, got the wax mustache. He's like, bro, like I got a koi fish and my the guy with the IPA works it into every third conversation. Of course. For he does. Sure. Well and in and, and when he's doing CrossFit, you know about that too. Yeah. He oh, he for sure does CrossFit. Yeah. Well that's how he earns his IPAs. Oh, And he makes sure he tells you that. He
1: tells you he I earned, I this earned IPA. my IPA. Yeah. He ta- For sure an Instagram I post. I did an AMRAP this morning. And for sure an Instagram post. The and the bar that he tags then messages him and says, please don't tag us. Yeah. Please like, don't tag please us in please, this. Re- please remove this tag. Or they
0: remove <laughs> the tag for him and just don't say anything. Did That's a beer good. holiday in early August. Okay. That's a... Uh, I don't. Are, you, are, you a, are you a beer guy? No, absolutely no, okay. I drink vodka and tequila, and that's it. Okay, so you, you go – Which I don't – I can't I would – being a cigar guy, I wish I could drink dark liquors, but I can't uh-huh. anymore. I drink whiskey, and it just wrecks me. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, I grew up with uh, my, my three uncles, my mom's brothers, and they had like a hierarchy of beer. They had – so they had, race, they, they had race cars, right? They had yeah. like uh, uh, top fuel funny cars and stuff, and it was like – you had garage beer. That was bush beer. Right, you drank Bush in the garage, right? right. And they they were sponsored by Anheuser Busch, but that was the free shit. So you drank that in the garage or in the race shop, and then you had Budweiser at the track, yep. um, and then you had I think I think it was Bud Light was kind of like after the race was over and everybody's because you gotta up. hydrate, you gotta get you gotta your, hydrate, you gotta right? Your electrolytes, and it was up. like there was this weird like hierarchy of beer. But I'm like a 13 year old kid. And I understood this hierarchy, you know. So, like when right. I became an adult, even though I don't drink beer, and you see somebody drinking Bush, you're like, "Oh, garage beer." Got it. Got it. Understood. PBR. Yeah. You get it. So, yeah, dude. I, I, uh, when I do drink
0: beer, I'll drink like a Shock Top or a like a Blue Moon, and then I'll just put an orange in it and. Usually it's around Oktoberfest. I love going up to Snowbird during Good. that time, and I'll drink two Good or three times at Oktoberfest. Right? And, well, that sometimes makes me wish I was more of a beer guy because when you yeah. go up and you drink a full like two or three full steins of beer, you get drunk. Yeah. And it's fu- and you're at that elevation, like it hits quicker, and yeah. it's kind of fun with everything up there. But and then you feel like shit the next day because you're all bloated. And- <laughs> so you go up on a Sunday, Colin. Colin sick no, on Monday. Well, no, I. I can't call in sick,
1: so I have to do it on a Saturday. Summer. You go Saturday? Okay, yeah, yeah. that works. Saturday's the best day for yeah. October 5th. Plus, if you go Sunday, you might see people from church. Dude, I don't and see you're in anybody trouble. from church, dude.
0: No, they're in trouble. I don't uh, go to church, dude.
1: Yeah. Remember, I live in Las Vegas, so I, I occasionally, almost every week, break the Sabbath because um, I want a soda or something like that, but it's funny when you see... Somebody that you attend church with hitting the video poker machine. Yeah. And I go and then I just I just walk out. I don't want to have a conversation with him. I don't want him to know that I saw him. It's uncomfortable well, for me.
0: Plus you're probably embarrassed that he saw you walking out of, you know, the spearmint rhino and that was a bigger deal than You the,
1: don't you don't walk out of the Spirit Rhino on a Sunday. You go in on a Sunday. Okay. It it's early Monday morning when you walk out. Okay. So I heard anyways, I heard.
2: I, I, you yeah, know. That sounds like one of those lores you'd learn to be in Vegas. <laughs> what else you got, man? So in the lovely state of Florida at 440 a.m. Thursday morning, a truck carrying 10,000 frozen turkeys combusted and was caught on fire. And they pulled over and they lost 10,000 frozen turkeys just combusting out of nowhere. Hmm. No, okay. So no accelerant? No, not, not what the, according to the article. It just what, what caught on fire? The trailer carrying the turkeys. Uh, it could have been one of the freezers that electrical air. Dude, see, airs. when I hear
0: stuff like that, I hear about like the all the different food processing plants that are going up in flames,
1: and I'm like, this is. It sounds like a con job, right?
2: Yeah, it
0: yeah. sounds like some smoking the bandit shit, you know? Yeah, that sucks. I bet you it smelled good around that place though, like all that burnt turkey, dude. Uh,
1: I don't know because those turkeys are wrapped in plastic. Oof. Good point. Ooh, yeah. I'd- Retract, but it's Florida. I tracked my statement. So in Florida, they may just throw... They may throw the turkey with the plastic in the deep fryer. I don't know. Florida seems, like, Florida seems like that place where they don't give a shit, dude. They, in fact, Florida seems like the place where people went out to that trailer and got those turkeys. They pr- they're like, yeah, well, this <laughs> is still half good. <laughs> this is
0: still... Dude, I was born in Florida, so be careful, buddy. Um, so you know what I'm talking about, I then. I do. <laughs> my brother lives in Florida. He'll vouch. Actually, yeah. I've been considering, like... Dude, Florida seems great. Yeah? Lately. Like... Well, you get
1: to be an adult in Florida, that's for sure. Well, yeah.
0: In like south, southern Florida, it's basically like northern South America because like, there's so many. There's Colombians and Brazilians and Venezuelans oh, okay. and Dominicans and Cubans okay. and everything's there. Nobody speaks English and or, or everybody speaks other languages as well as English. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money there because there's yeah. a lot of drug stuff, so there's all the fancy cars yeah. and everything that's there. It's very beautiful, but um, I kind of like what's been going on in Florida when it comes to like their – Anyway, we'll talk about that. Later. I
1: got you. I got
0: you. What, what else you got, homie?
2: Burnt turkeys. <laughs> Love it. Uh, man in Toronto moves into a new apartment and finds a string cheese that is uh, marble fl- – or no, excuse me, that is not marble flavored. It is a – oh, excuse me. So he found – Reading is hard, huh? Reading is hard, man. <laughs> uh man who is trying to flip things like they do these different challenges on social media they like find a random item they try to flip it so this guy put up a billboard in ontario saying he has a marble flavored stick of black diamond cheese string that he's trying to trade his way up to some other thing but pulled out a whole billboard ad to see what traffic it can generate to trade dude so how this bored dude, are you
1: dude yeah this dude's invested in this For like i feel like a craigslist listing would suffice I've see,
0: I've heard I've heard of those challenges where like they say you have this item to start with and you have to flip it and flip it and flip it yeah, and flip like it yeah like
1: the paper clip and the guy trades it yeah, up yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah but
0: so it's a marble flavored cheese stick
2: yes I don't know what a marble flavored cheese stick is I'm I'm picturing like that sounds like it's old and it's hard. Yeah, like <laughs> different or different cheeses or something. It looks it looks like it's like a got Colby cheddar Jack. and like provolone uh, and some other stuff mixed into it. Uh, yeah. It looks like it got already shit out is what it looks yeah, like. That yeah, that
1: doesn't look like actual cheese. Dude, I've been to Toronto. It's a beautiful city. What what is he doing? He's just bored. I don't know. Well, they've been locked up for a while, haven't they?
0: Yeah, dude, like that that schmuck that's their leader is a uh...
1: Like it's funny, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. And there's all these players that can't go play in Canada. They can't go play the Blue Jays. And they, so they got to bring minor league guys up and stuff. But then the Blue Jays get on a flight and they go to Philly or they go to Houston or whatever. And they play those same guys that couldn't go to Toronto and play. I find that very, very interesting. I don't think it's the players that have the issue. No, it's just the the country. But it's
0: the country and it's the league enforcing
1: stuff like that. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. But um, so. Uh, but I am curious. Like, forget about what the product is. This dude took out a billboard. Yeah, he's bored. He's rich and he's bored. He's rich.
0: Right? I bet you, you he's have got money for he's that. He's got crypto money because nobody that's Ooh. smart would do that with their money.
1: Yeah, and as much as there's a lot of smart crypto dudes. There's a lot of dumb crypto dudes out there. Dude,
0: I met. I met a. Ch- uh, I was gonna say child. I met a kid that's like 23 that had made two million bucks on crypto. I met him like four months ago, here in Salt Lake. Wow. Is he? Does He's he just do, a normal kid. He's, He's normal like some kid
1: Mormon that kid that just got off his mission, got into the crypto world, He's buying and, fancy cars and shit. Now, yeah, the crypto thing, I don't get it at all, at all. I and do. You do understand it? Yeah. Yeah. But
0: it's 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 definitely confusing, especially with it can be confusing to understand it. But like on a foundational level, once you get it, you you'll figure
1: you'll get it. And well, I think my problem is is that my friend who has made money in crypto and the cashier at Circle K. Give me the same pitch about crypto, and right. it's got me a little confused. You know, like I'm like, is he smart or is he dumb? My, the the you know, bigger or question, am I just dumb? I don't. Bigger know. question, Mike, is why are you talking to the cashier at Circle K about investments? So, so I spend a disproportionate amount of time at the Circle K by my house. My wife says I'm the unofficial HR rep for there. I solve some disputes and okay, you know whatnot. I got their soda machine fixed through a letter writing campaign. Okay, where I wrote one letter. So that's a campaign. So yeah, it took me one letter. (laughs) Okay. but They responded pretty positively. That's good. But yeah, and I get bummed out when, you know, you show up to get your soda on a Sunday, on the Lord's Day, and Daryl's not working that day because he's been transferred to the other store because he won't stop talking to people about crypto when they're buying their cigarettes. So, you know... I'm way. Invested. That's actually not a bad move. I'm way invested in the in the Circle K
0: dude, drama. <laughs> I like this. I like this Daryl guy already. Oh, dude, Daryl's a stud. He's sitting there behind that counter, going, "Dude, I have a captive audience every yeah. time somebody comes up to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
1: actually. I'm uh, gonna sell some Dogecoin. D- <laughs> Daryl would actually be an interesting <laughs> phone-in guest for you. Yeah. So he's just crazy enough. So, anyway. Dude, that sounds like a fun thing to
0: evolve to. Do you ever watch like Tom Segura and and Catherine uh, Christina P's show? Sure. At your mom's house. Dude, their their production and it's it's they're very funny people oh, too,
1: and they how they find all those videos and stuff yeah. is beyond me. It's yeah. pretty. Her reaction to those is probably one of my favorite. Like the way because it's very authentic how she yeah. reacts to it. So well, dude, yeah. Tom Segura just he, he just
0: doesn't have a. What's the best way to describe it? He doesn't have a gag
1: reflex with that stuff. He just he can look at the most disgusting fucking shit and laugh. <laughs> well, i mean, I'm just he, like ugh. He hangs out with Bert Kreischer with his shirt off all the time. That's you fair, know, dude. that's fair. He's been desensitized. Have you seen the one the the bit with them where well, not even a bit. They're just doing their show and Bert's drinking Kool Aid out yeah. of a tumbler. Yeah, and Tom's like, "Holy shit, you're actually drinking Kool Aid." And Bert's yeah. like, "What's a big deal? It's Kool Aid. Fucking delicious. man. It's delicious." it's like, "Kool Aid." Bert, maybe this is. Part of your problem, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, those are funny guys. Did you but... know
0: that the movie Van Wilder was written about uh, Burt Chrysler? Uh, no. Yeah. He tells that story. Like, the. Uh, yeah, the the
1: Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah, so Ryan Reynolds. The character is Van Wilder. He is won Bert. like
0: in college in Florida. He won like uh, an award. Oh my gosh! Because of like just being this notorious party animal. So did he write it, or they wrote it about him? I don't know. Okay. I just know it's about him. I'm curious if he got money on that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but I do know that he. I've heard it out of his own mouth that like he's like, yeah, that movie's about me. Have you worked with those guys at all? I've met Bert uh, okay. behind backstage in the green room at Wise Guys. I've never met Tom Segura. Um, there's a bunch of other ones that I have. Though. One of the
1: funniest dudes on the planet that you pretty much turned me on to, I think, was uh, Andrew Schultz. Oh, dude. he's the, Like, I knew who he was, and then you had me watch some of his stuff, and yeah. I was like, oh, dude, this guy is off the charts.
0: Dude, I have such of love and respect for that guy because he's, he's trying to t- show comics how to do it. Yeah. He's one of the nicest people ever. Like, he's an easy hang. Like, yeah. he's just a fun guy. He's hilarious to boot. He yeah. listens. When I first, when I first hosted, the first time I hosted shows when he came here, I wasn't even supposed to host. I wanted to meet him. Okay. And because of the relationship that I have with the club, I was able to show up and I was there early. Right. And I was, I was pulling into the parking garage at Wise Guys uh, right as I'm seeing him and his crew get out of their Uber. And I'm like, oh sweet. So I park. I go inside. I'm in the green room, and he comes walking around from the main showroom into the green room with the owner of the club and uh um his name's Keith Stubbs yeah. and and he's there I'm, he's like hey uh Andrew this is one of our comic, local comics here Bryce Prescott and I shake his hand and everything's like, hey man it's great to meet you man he's just super friendly and uh he he wasn't supposed to have a host and we're sitting there talking the the five of us because he's got his guy Mark Gagnon who's there as well and uh his video guy Alex Media and uh Andrew stops and goes, you know, Keith, I, I know I told you I, I didn't need a host. Is, is it too late for me to get a host? And Keith just goes, you want Bryce? He's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, fucking be in the room. That's what I got out of that yeah. one. That's the lesson out of that one, be in the room. So I'm like, hell yeah. And he's like, hey, I want to talk to you for a little bit. Him and I sat and talked for about 45 minutes, just the two of us, And he was asking all these questions about Mormonism and Salt Lake culture and everything that was going on here and and all that. And he was genuinely curious. Like, you could tell there was no judgment. He was just trying to learn. Yeah. And uh, when he did his set, he did 20 minutes of brand new material based off of the conversation that
1: We'd right done. there. Yeah, right there.
0: With, oh. And like you go deep into his YouTube clips and you, you'll see where he's talking about like, he was one of the jokes that he wrote because we were talking about, he's like, do women go on missions? And I go, oh yeah, they're sister mission. They're called sister missionaries. And they go, he's like, what the fuck? He's like, imagine some cute little girl walking up to some rapist's house and knocking on the, <laughs> I'm here for a message. And he's like, thank you, Jesus, you know? And he that's does good. Bit. <laughs> he, does the, he does the bit on stage. And I'm like, dude, that's hilarious.
1: Like, I, How I, did it land? Did yeah, it land good? Oh,
0: dude, everybody loved it. Good. Everybody loved it. Um, but yeah, dude, Schultz is his, it's been cool. Cause like he, his, his special infamous, they, they wanted to cut out two jokes. he written. His, yeah. Two jokes, right? Two jokes. That's and he's it. like, fuck no. Yeah. So they, he had to give his money back. Yeah. And, uh, the at last count, he said this on his, uh, his Instagram was that he's <laughs> tripled that back. Yeah. So it was, it was a better move. Well, and even it.
1: then I was reading where somebody tried, they tried to hack him and, and shut it down. Like they don't. And and I I don't know. what are the two jokes? Do you know? Are they are they? Yeah, he does he does want so about bad that they shouldn't be out. Well, there? Well, he, he's
0: put them on his Instagram and they're hilarious. Okay. One of them was about um, Ted Bundy and who know, doesn't like a good Ted Bundy? Joke, well, it's because it makes women look stupid. He's like uh. he's like you 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 ladies are stupid. Like he had a tan Volkswagen Bug. Like that's what he
1: <laughs> drove. That's. And he going goes, back to the car thing. That's a rapist car. Well, dude, dude
0: here's the funny thing For though. Sure. Is like he didn't actually have the funniest of the punchlines in my opinion in his special. I saw him do that joke when he came here uh-huh. and he was talking about how um, he goes I had to, I watched this documentary with my girl and you know, he killed all these chicks or whatever and he's like, "But there's one that he didn't kill." And he's like, "How good was that girl's pussy?" <laughs> I and he's laugh. like he's like Cut that can out. you imagine this girl like they're they're like oh y'all bitches got killed hmm, that's too bad <laughs> i guess hmm. but then he was he had another part of the joke too where he was saying that uh that he's like i watched this documentary i'm learning about this guy he's like i, I had to learn how he did it i had to learn what, what would get these girls to get into a tan volkswagen beetle you right know? and go for a drive and he's like and when i found out i realized all these girls deserve to die and he's like here's the line ladies you ready my car broke down. Can you help me fix it? <laughs> He's like, I've never driven into a fucking garage and had a woman come out to help me to fix my car and not been like, "No, nah, I'm good." Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's uh so that's what got him That
0: was one of them. Well, that the bigger part of that, he didn't he did part of him in a special, but the bigger one that he cut out, and the other one is about an abortion joke. Okay. Where he was talking about um he was saying that uh um, you know, it's it's your body, your choice, all that, and he's like, you know, because I, I just I just don't want to heat when when we get up to you know the pearly gates and Saint Peter's there, and and uh, God's like, you know, why are you killing all these babies? And the dudes like, oh, we. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> and you know what's crazy about that is, well, the punchline of that joke was, is, is oh, that's not the punchline. No, no, oh. he, he does more, of, and then he's like. <laughs> He's like, a chivalry ain't dead until that baby is.
1: Oh, I think I did say <laughs> that. I'm gonna that pay on for Instagram. those
0: sins even when I'm you're gonna pay for your sins even if I'm paying
1: for your sins. Oh man. He uh it's it's crazy because like, dude, I, I, I remember watching like George Carlin when I was a kid, and I feel like he would get canceled now. Which is funny because that's the same that's literally the shit he was making well, fun dude, of. Well, dude, Chappelle says it perfectly. He's like, people have brittle ears. Oh, that's good. They can't hear it. They can't handle it. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me why, but I guess I just got thicker skin. I don't know. I I, I know I I figured it out. You want to hear it? Yeah. There's this. Uh, so the whole thing with uh,
0: microaggressions and offensiveness and and this this concept that's that's been uh, perpetuated by media and just in you know universities and things. The idea that your behavior um, has control over me in a way, and so it's your job to curtail that behavior so that I am not offended. Okay is psychologically impossible. Okay. You, on some level, allow offense, you allow happiness, you allow all that stuff. And so we are being shown and told and taught that we have to modify our behaviors for other people when the reality is what that is creating is is a weak and brittle culture of people that can't handle being told things that they disagree with Yeah, because they have zero emotional maturity to handle it one of the biggest ways and best ways to be successful in life is to control your emotions yeah. to have absolute discipline over your thoughts and how you feel about things and the idea that that's a reality is so foreign to so many people in our world right now like yeah. you can't control those things they just happen oh no 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 you can
1: yeah oh dude you, i'm i'm as guilty as anybody on that well like,
0: most people are because it's we've it's become acceptable to be able to like freak the fuck out about something and have it be that thing's fault yeah and psychologically that it's backwards. It's like, it's, it's why would one person be more offended or less offended
1: because of the same thing? Do you think so? So then I guess my, my question to, cause I, I agree with, with your statement or with your theory on that. What's the what's the end game? What's the payout for whomever is pushing that agenda? What's the, I don't I don't know that, but just it, controlling I th- everybody. I, th- I
0: think that it's something to do with like yeah, with manipulation. That if you can get people to believe, it's a, it's like a cycle. If you can get people to believe that, you can get it to be questioned to what an actual woman is. You yeah. can get it to be questioned to like you know the idea of you know, um, you know, sex reassignment surgeries for seven year olds. I yeah. mean, you, all these things are, are perpetuated in the same sort of foundational misinformation about how we are, how we're built.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I just, and, and I, I mean, good gravy, man. I've been, I got, I got adult kids. I mean, I got a 23 year old daughter who's married and has a baby on the way and I got a 10 year old son and, and everything in between. And it, it, it sounds cliche, but I'm like, dude, they are coming for our kids, man. Yeah and well dude my my daughters are that way i have a I have a yeah we've nineteen talked. and seventeen
0: and yep. it's heartbreaking kind of where they're at. They live in Oregon, and they got all that in their face yeah and my, my younger daughter she'll never, that. she'll never admit this, but she has said to me before that if you're just straight and white you're boring
1: yeah isn't that crazy yeah like so th- how's that privilege working out A little, s- little boring so i I remember um uh probably one of the best examples of us uh, like that is uh chastity Bono, um, yeah. And and I go, imagine being raised in this limelight. Both your parents are, you know, your mom's tremendously talented. Your dad's riding that coat tell. And he's a shitty skier. You know, not a very good skier, apparently. Um, Too soon. But he's but he's in the limelight, and he's got some talent, whatever. They're famous people. Yeah. And then here you are. You're just the kid of these people. And I don't know if it's maybe the pressure that everybody feels like you need to be as good as your mom, and you're not, or your mom, maybe your mom was too busy to get you into the singing lessons or the acting lessons or whatever it is. And there just comes a point where you're like, well, I grew up around this, but I don't have any of it. But if I were all of a sudden something else, yeah. now, now I'm talked about and I'm exciting and I'm unique and interesting and all that stuff. By the way, I I some might tell my kids, just because you're unique doesn't mean you're useful, you know? Like or, or interesting. Or or interesting. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of. Completely useless, uniquity. Dude, in Bill, the world. Bill
0: Maher, we, we'll, we'll wrap after this. Um, Bill Maher had this uh, segment on one of his shows a while ago when he was talking about how basically in certain circles in Los Angeles, everyone has like a transgender kid. Oh. And if you look at the same demographic of income in places like Ohio, nobody does. Nobody does. And so he's like, So what is it? Why is that the case? Yeah. And he's like, We have to be able to talk about this in a real way because. He, and, and you know his take is that like transgenderism is a, is a real thing. Yeah, social collateral, right? But it's being co opted in a way that yeah. is for virtue and for social status. Yeah,
1: I got one of these. okay, yeah,
0: it's like the LA's new version of a black baby is you got to have like a.
1: Well, I was going to say kid. like like you know. Uh, boutique dog, but you, you know, we can go. Well, that was the thing,
0: dude. Like it used to be that, no, that, that used to be a a lot of comedians would joke about that 10 years ago that like every actress in LA would want to go and adopt a kid out of the, out of Africa. Right.
1: Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't just your head down to your local foster care facility and pick one up. Well, those, those ones aren't AKC certified. so. (laughs) They're
0: not papered. They're not papered. So uh, that's Well, because that was that was the joke. Like go to Crenshaw, go to Compton. And yeah. like, you know, those those families need your help too. Don't even bring some kid off the fucking planes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. This I has appreciate you having
1: me. This is a lot of fun. And actually, it gives me a little bit of a motivation, a little bit of a kick in the ass. Well, that, when you're ready, I know uh, a guy. So. Yeah, you do know a guy. <laughs> you know the best guy. I
0: see him every morning in the mirror. Yeah. Hey-o! he's right. handsome. He is. That's what the wife says too. So anyway. All right,
1: guys, Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. Let's stand up.